News. 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 New York City. FAQ NYC podcast getting more and more interesting by the minute. FAQ. Welcome to FAQ NYC. This is Alex Brooklyn. I am here with one of our favorite guests, Emma Whitford, because uh, there's some rent relief coming for New Yorkers, which is amazing. Uh, but, you know, in order to better understand where and how and why that rent relief is coming, I figured Emma would be a great person to, you know, kind of unpack it for us as she is a fantastic reporter for Lost 360. And uh, she just wrote a great article about this. Um, you can look it up. Law 360 NY releases bill to administer billions in federal rent relief. Hi, Emma. Hey, Alex. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Um, so can you tell us what happened yesterday and on April? Well, yesterday and the day before April 6th and 7th um, about the state passing the allocations for federal money um, for rent relief, like where that money came from, um, where it's going to go, <laughs> who gets to use it, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So lots of big questions here. Um, one of the big stories of the last week in New York politics is that the state budget was due. Um, and people have been watching really closely because it was supposed to be all hammered out and squared away by the end of March, by April 1. Um, and I think because of the pandemic and a lot of different factors, it was delayed. For tenants and landlords who have been struggling during the pandemic, there have been estimates by the census that you know as many as potentially more than a million New Yorkers have been unable to pay rent. Um, and you know that rent debt has been estimated in the same census survey to be you know north of two billion dollars by January of this year. So the stakes wow. are pretty high. A lot of the rent relief money that's hopefully going to be flowing to uh, tenants and landlords in the coming months actually comes from the federal government. As a lot of people know, there have been some pretty big federal stimulus bills passed in recent months, um, notably one in December, which was when Trump was still in office, and then uh, Biden's first one in March, included a pretty substantial amount of rent relief money to the tune of almost $50 billion for the whole country. Uh, New York is a big state with a lot of renters, so New York got one of the biggest slices of that pie and now has uh, about $2.3 billion in federal dollars to work with. So the challenge for state legislators was to basically figure out a program to efficiently get this money to as many people as possible. And because of the timing of the money coming to New York, it ended up getting... <laughs> kind of sucked into the morass of budget season, which is a really complicated time. So the morass for of budget season. <laughs> it's like the name of a memoir of a tortured soul. Like a I civil know. servant in Albany. And I don't like I was covering one tiny slice of it and it was still overwhelming. Um but so for some small landlords, you know, they saw the news that this money was headed to New York back in December and then it's been three months and they're like, okay, where's the money? So pressure was on. Um, so the program that uh, was settled in the budget just this week, and the last step was basically the assembly voting on it, which happened late last night, so it's all squared away. Um, basically, the Office of Temporary and Disability Assistance has been tasked, that's a state administrator, that's a state office, has been tasked with getting this money out. 
there are a few top line characteristics of this program. Um, importantly for most people, the federal government set a rule that uh, to qualify for this money, you have to make uh, less than 80% of the area median income, which is, it's less than um, $90,000 for a household of three, I think. That's in New York City. And then uh, there are also requirements that you basically have to demonstrate pandemic-related hardship. The other important thing to remember here is there was a much smaller rent relief program to the tune of about $100 million in New York State last year. Um, and basically applications for that closed in February. It ultimately was able to get less than half of its allocated funds out the door and only served about um, like north of 15,000 people. So when you think about like there's a million people in need in the state, 15,000 is a pretty small number. I read in your article about, you know, they have to make less than 80% of the median income. Mm -hmm. um, there is some ways in which the federal government, like there's wiggle room that the state has. So yes, there is. So basically the state has a lot of leeway to make its own requirements and design the program in its own way. Um, so a lot of the pressure on the legislature after that sort of, uh, you know, unsuccessful program was we need to make this as easy as possible to apply for. So um, some really important things the legislature did is they made it explicitly clear in their legislation that undocumented folks, um, you know, are welcome to apply. You can apply regardless of your immigration status. So that was very welcome to advocates. And also um, lobby, lobbyist groups that represent property owners were also in favor of that. Um, and then there were so many paperwork requirements with the old program that a lot of people were overwhelmed. You know, I talked to an undocumented woman in Crown Heights who lost work as a babysitter when the pandemic started. And she like tried to jump through all these hoops to get rent relief and just couldn't figure it out. So she was pretty frustrated. I mean, I have friends that just lost their service industry jobs um, right. and didn't have the issue of like the hurdle of no ID or being undocumented. And they also had this, this uh, kind of like paperwork blockage. Yeah, totally. So another key aspect of the program that's been put in place or was legislated this week is, and it's a little unclear exactly how this is going to play out, but they basically said that if you are someone who, you know, can't meet certain basic paperwork requirements, you should be able to attest to your own hardship. Um, now, with all of these things, you know, <laughs> the devil is in the details. We'll see how the, the state agency has a lot of leeway in setting up what that's actually going to look like, and that's what's in the works right now. But the hope and the, all the messaging coming from legislators is like, this has to be easier to apply for than the last program. Um, another important aspect is landlords who agree to accept this money, um, there are certain conditions on that. They cannot increase someone's rent. Um, there's basically essentially a rent freeze for the next year following accepting the money. There are There is one year of eviction protections, but landlords can still pursue eviction if they accept the money. If um, they think their tenant is being quote unquote a nuisance, they could file that kind of case in court. Um, and the tenant still has an obligation to continue paying their rent going forward. So it's not uh, you know a blanket eviction moratorium by any means. So yeah, I think the top line is, um, you know, 
ideally easier to apply. Um, you can apply regardless of immigration status. It should be easier for people in the gray economy, you know, who have service jobs or, or get paid under the table, ideally. Um, <clears throat> certain eviction protections. Because people can now, uh, like, give this verbal affidavit, so to speak, instead of having to file a bunch of paperwork, like, they might not have the evidence to show every pay stub from the cafe they work at. Would this money be available to people who didn't file taxes? Um, you know, that is a good question that I cannot uh, <laughs> answer right now. I mean, I think the important thing to hammer home is that, you know, the way the law is written, um, people who can't provide paperwork should be able to self-attest. But what those requirements actually look like, you know, basically what we're all waiting for now is to see this application launch on the state website. And until that happens, I think people are a little bit, you know, on the edge of their seats um, because this prior program, you know, was so complicated and didn't really get the money out the door. So, yeah, I think it's sort of like cautious optimism right now. One one last question. Um, first of all, this money is not like big developer money. This money is generally going to go to like small property owners? Well, no, not necessarily. So basically it's, it's available to any landlord. Um, there are certain priority categories. So the state, the bill indicates, you know, if you are a tenant and your landlord has like 20 or fewer units, you might get some priority for this money. Um, and I think there's been a lot of attention on these like smaller landlords, like maybe folks who you know, live in a two-family home and, like, share the building with their tenant just because, um, you know, they have tighter margins. I've heard a lot of stories of just, frankly, tensions running high. Um, you know, you're sharing a roof with someone who can't necessarily meet their financial obligation, you know, obviously in a pandemic, probably by no, <laughs> no wrongdoing of their own. But I think for these smaller landlords, the desire to get this ASAP is, like, pretty, pretty extreme. Um, yeah. Some landlords might be hesitant to participate in taking the money. That messaging actually came from, um, an attorney who I talked to, you know, I think in any situation, you know, asterisk, this is all very new. I think the way these, these applications are going to work the most effectively is if tenants and landlords work together. Um, you know, the law stipulates that as a tenant, you can apply on your own and then, uh, the state will try to reach your landlord or the landlord can get the tenant's signature and do the application process and uh, get it all together. Um, but just in terms of efficiency, when both parties are working together to um, get this money out the door, then that's going to be more effective. So I think the state legislators are hopeful that there will be very strong motivation for landlords to participate in this, because why not? Because you have these arrears and you want to get paid. Um, you know, some landlord groups seem a little cautious about, like, they seem eager to confirm that their rights exist to, you know, potentially pursue an eviction in a really serious situation, or I think they, there's like a little bit of hesitancy there, but, um, you know, this is one of those issues where you've got the Real Estate Board of New York, which is like the biggest property lobbying group in the state, and groups like the Legal Aid Society, like co-signing letters <laughs> to get this going. Oh, wow. So it is the kind of thing, you know, whereas where you had the cancel rent movement, which was very tenant led, um, super grassroots and like, uh, you know, got a lot of, uh, you know, side eyes from landlords. 
when you've got like billions of dollars in federal money that could potentially flow to landlords, they're, you know, they're, they're generally pretty excited about this. And um, for right now, just for people who are thinking about trying to apply for this money to pay some of the money that they owe. Now, just your average New York city or uh, mm -hmm. what are they on the hook? What's coming up for them? So we've got the eviction moratorium running out on May 1st. Yeah. And we have landlords have the ability to sue for the back rent during the pandemic. So what's going on right now is um, since the beginning of this year, there's been uh, a pretty strong anti-eviction law on the books currently set to expire May 1st. It was kind of, it had two phases in it. I won't go too much into detail, but basically for the first two months of the year, it was um, basically a hold on all but a very small number of quote unquote nuisance cases. Um, nothing was really happening in the courts. Um, things have picked up a little bit more recently, but people who have been able to attest to their own hardship have had their cases, you know, held through to the spring. Um, so yeah, that's definitely, you know, I, I've been trying to get uh, the Office of Temporary and Disability Assistance to give me a firm answer on when this program is going to launch. They basically don't have one. They gave sort of a month timeline. Now it's, you know, we're getting into April now, so that would, could potentially take us past May 1st. So I think there will be some pressure on the legislature to extend that hold on evictions just to give it a chance for this program to get going. For your average New Yorker, I mean, now it's just, you just got to kind of wait. I mean, look out for the, the state to announce um, like an online portal to apply. Another helpful thing to know is if you've got a pending application, you can't be evicted. So basically, even if the statewide hold on evictions lifts, if you get, supposedly, uh, the, the goal is if you get your application in the door, then the clock kind of stops on that sort of thing until they decide, um, you know, what they're going to award you. Also, I don't know if we've talked, like, just straight up the amount of money you could get covered. It would be at most 12 months going back to mid-March of 2020. And then certain tenants who are considered to be, quote unquote, rent burdened, which means like 30%, at least 30% of your monthly in income goes to rent you could potentially get three future months of rent covered, which is cool. But um, yeah, and then there's also a part of this where if you owe utility bills, you could potentially get those covered as well through this program. It's like a little bit more um, <clears throat> complicated where that money comes from. But um, yeah, so, you know, people could get at most 15 months of rent, of rent covered, um, but it's unclear you know, how it's fully going to shake out. Yeah. I mean, right now, I think people are looking at the next upcoming year and realizing that unemployment's going to run out and, you know, people are going to lose their homes if we don't do something uh, drastic. So to hear that, like, both sides of the fight are kind of co-signing on a particular program is pretty encouraging. Um, definitely, I uh, on FAQ, we'd love to have you back uh, when the program launches for a segment to just, like, announce it. And yeah, I, I hope that this has helped any of our listeners who maybe just needed um, to kind of get some clarity around what just happened and if they can maybe sleep a little easier. Hope so. Yeah. News. 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 New York City. The FAQ NYC podcast getting more and more interesting by the minute. F. F
A-Q. A-Q.